When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite team. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Okay, hope you're having a great day. We got the Elks and the Lions on 630 Chad on Saturday, 3.30 for the countdown to kick off with Brendan Escott. Morley Scott, who joined us earlier, and Dave Campbell will describe the action starting at 5. The Lions defense just remarkably stingy this season. Now, they gave up a lot of points against Toronto, and that's the only time they've given up more than 20 points in a game. On uh, three occasions, they haven't even given up 10. They've only allowed 94 points again uh, against in six games. They are 5-1 and one on the year. We had Matthew Betts uh, from the Lions on the show last night, and he's certainly enjoying playing for that defense. So uh, one of the storylines going into that game. The FIBA 3x3 tomorrow uh, starts in the Fan Plaza in Ice District. I'll be doing inside sports from there tomorrow night. Before I get to my next guest, I, 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 we've played this a couple times, but it's a quick clip. And uh, again, July 27th, one of my favorite days in Canadian sports history. Uh, here's this from 1996. Canadian moment. We'll probably play that again before the end of the show. Why not? It's only 9.84 seconds long. Bob Stoffer is the host, uh, the host of Oilers now, noon to two every day here on 6:30. Chet, starting after Labor Day, it'll be five to seven. Uh, Bob, I, I I love that clip. Uh, I, I've got to interview Donovan Bailey a couple times in my career. I, I don't know if you have. I assume you have. And Don Whitman linked to that as well. I'd love hearing that audio. We got some text from people last half hour saying, "Hey, uh, my hair still stands up when I hear that." Well, and it happened in the United States, where the U.S., historically speaking, um, had kind of dominated the 100 meters. So, you know, I remember in being in university in 1988, and the games were over in Seoul, and that was the year that Ben Johnson, and as it turned out, uh, the entire uh, final uh, grouping were all on the juice at one time or another. And uh, I, I remember I went into the class when they announced that... Uh, in fact, I was listening to Chad when I heard it. Uh, Brian Hall reporting during the afternoon that the uh, uh, that you know Ben Johnson was going to be stripped, and everybody was sort of in shock. And he went from being a Canadian to being, as we recall, a you know we suddenly distanced ourselves from Ben Johnson, which it wasn't. I think if anybody understood, I always thought, frankly. Uh, science should count when it comes to the Olympics because we're just either not as effective in masking and hiding things or too uh, too honest for our own good. And I, I am being uh, not totally facetious here. So uh, bottom line, it was a great moment. It was a legit victory for Bailey, who got into track a little bit late, as you know, but was a tremendous athlete. And 
You know, he walloped Michael Johnson in the 150, and some would say if he wanted to grind a little bit more, he could have dominated the, uh, you know, he would have been the 100 and 200 champ. But we had back-to-back Saturday nights out here in Atlanta that were pretty amazing for uh, Canada. They obviously won the uh, 4x100 as well. Maybe uh, maybe a week from now we'll play the relay. I'm holding off on, on playing that. But what about uh, Morley had some couple great Don Whitman stories. You must have crossed paths with Don when you were a, a younger broadcaster. Uh, you know, to be honest with you, the guy I, David Moyer, who still does Funk Corden stats in the National Hockey League, um, is one of the, he's basically the guru out west. Is now his son Ryan's part of it, and he's now event, you know, moving a bit into uh, the production side. I worked more with Bob Cole. Uh, when David was not available or when David was doing football because football paid more for Fon Corden stats than hockey did at that time. So in and around 1998-99 and 99-2000 for me it was, you know, I probably did about uh, five games a year on Saturday nights in the fall uh, with Bob Cole. And one thing about Bob Cole is he, he had, you know, everybody's got their own sort of unique little things read and one of the things that bob did is he unbuttoned his pants uh, so he could use his full body when broadcasting the game and he also expected information quickly and john sexsmith gave me some really good advice he said bob you have to improve your your printing because my printing wasn't very good when you're passing notes along so now everything's kind of done in a computer but i didn't actually do you know i worked with john wells a fair amount as a spotter on uh, TSN broadcasts, um, and I have a deep resonant tone in my voice, so they have to be careful that, you know, because you could pick me up actually saying, you know, McManus, 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 uh, Her- you know, Hervey, Hervey, and then the tackle is made by John. You could hear me helping, uh, uh, you know, helping uh, well, uh, Wells out because at that stage in his career, he's a little bit on an age. So John Wells, who was a really nice man, by the way, and I think that's the biggest thing I learned is just, you know, there's a lot of different personalities. Not everybody does things the same way. I mean, I did Funk Horton stats starting in 95, 96 through until I got the radio show, which would have been on uh, in 2002, 2003. And I learned a lot from all those guys. Reed. I, I, I was afraid you were going to say, because you said Bob Cole unbuttoned his pants and expected stats. I thought you were going to say expected everybody to unbutton their pants. So thankfully that wasn't the uh, the situation. You know, that was, a, that was unique to the rule. <laughs> that, was, that, that was right. Alright. Hey, thanks for checking in, buddy. Uh, it, it's good to have some uh, some uh, some midsummer uh, chat with you for sure. Levity. Uh, little, yes, it's been an interest, It's been an interesting last three weeks, Reed. It it, it it has, but it's it's good to have you on the show because it's always fun. Oh, now, look, I I don't know. You and I. Well, sometimes we plan stuff, but then even when we plan stuff, we usually wind up going off what we were planning anyway. So I have planned. Do you want to do the quiz for Stoffer right now because it's a little more involved? Or do you want to just uh, shoot the breeze? About oh, let's the, do the quiz for Stoffer okay. right now. So this is going to be fun because I, I have – this is a little more layered than other things I've asked you. But I actually, I, I'm quite confident you're going to get it. Uh, and then, okay. and that it'll lead to just some storytelling and recollections. There have been eight players in NFL history to rush for 2,000 yards in a season. Can you please eight? name all eight? Uh, O.J. Simpson was the first one because he rushed for 2,003. In 1973, and he did it only in 14 games. Yeah, uh, I would say that did Derrick Henry rush for 2,000 yards? 
Yes, in 2020. So that's the that's the first one and the most recent. You've covered off already. And Derrick Henry, Jamal, you, you love because Jamal why? Lewis did he did he rush for 2,000 yards? He did it in 2003. He got 2,066 for the Baltimore Ravens. He was the fifth. What about Corey Dillon? He didn't make it. That's a good guess, but no, he never got that high because he was a Bengal, and then he had some good years with the Patriots too. I'm going to have to check his career high. It was Corey with an E, correct? Uh, yeah, So there's eight total, and I'm up to three right You're now, up is what you're saying. Yeah, uh, Dylan's best year. Eric Dickerson would have done it Yeah, Dick- after the juice. Dickerson was the second one in 1984, and he was with oh, the Rams. Oh, okay, wait a sec here. Let me think. Uh, Barry Sanders must have done it. He did it in 97, and then somebody did it the very next year. This is Terrell actually, Davis. Terrell Davis did it. He got 2,008 yards with the Broncos. Okay, and then probably did Chris saw him? Because for some reason I thought two guys from Tennessee did it. Did yeah, Chris Trump, Johnson do it? Yes, and you know what? When I was looking at this the other day, that's the one guy I wouldn't have remembered because he kind of – Oh, no, he was He, he was, was good, fast. but he, he was fast, but he kind of – I know he played for a while, but he he got hurt, right? And Adrian Peterson had a huge year one year. 2012, Peterson got to 2097 in 2012. So you did it. You, okay. did, you did it quite quickly. That's very good. Uh, well, I, I because I started, I, I had to, but the one I, I'm actually embarrassed that I missed on Corey Dillon. What, what, did you look up the most he ever rushed for? Yeah, Corey Dillon, his best year was his first year with the Patriots, and he got to 1,635. He had one year uh, but, where he had like 16 or 18 touchdowns, didn't he? Uh, 13 in his final year in the league when he didn't get the ball as much. So they must have been using him in short yardage. But here's the thing with the Bengals. Six consecutive seasons over 1,100 yards. Yeah, yeah. He was he was a fantasy. I mean, I've been playing fantasy football since 1995 uh, with the guys from Sports Scene. I actually met them at Moe's Sports Parlor. They came in on a, on a Labor Day... It was a game I think Lucius Floyd ended up playing. Was that who it was? Or, no, or it, it Eric Blunt? One of the two ended up playing. One of those guys had to play on defense. He was a running back, and he played like defense. I mean, Reed, it was like right out of the 1950s when the Edmonton Eskimos, you know, had, had Jackie Parker in the backfield with Normie Kwong and Roley Miles. And then, you know, the, the one great cup, I think in 56, uh, Don Getty, ended up being the quarterback and they used Jackie Parker as a running back and then lo and behold Johnny Bright's out there on defense and so is Rolly Miles because I think they only had a 24-man roster in 54 they might have been up to 28 but uh yeah it's it was it was wild but the the Eskimos had some injuries in that 95 game and I'm pretty sure for some reason I'm thinking it was blunt ended up having to play both uh both offense and defense during the course of the game it, but yeah but are you thinking of Eric Blunt I don't think he was he was later it might have been Lucius Floyd it might have been Lucius I, you know I think uh, Blunt was guys rookie playing, of the year in 97 wasn't he Blunt was working the year 97. Okay, so it must have been Lucius. Double, so here's one up. for you. Yeah. Uh, who's the title sponsor of your show right now? James H. Brown. James H. Brown. So Trent Brown, mm-hmm. one week, was the offensive player of the week in Canada West. The next week, he was the defensive player of the week and the special teams player of the week. <laughs> How about so what, that? So he ran a punt back for a touchdown and had two interceptions or what? Yep. And Something then he like had that. like seven receptions for like 133 <laughs> yards and a couple touchdowns. No, were you a, were you going or were you already doing sports? Info? I I did his games the last year that he played at the U of A. 
but I was going to the games. So he, I think he, I think he was like 85, 86, 88, 89. 89 would have been the last year that he was pretty sure 89 was the last year he was there. And then, uh, do you recall the safety tandem that the Eskimos had in the 93 great, great cup victory over, um, the Winnipeg, the Blue Bombers were the, the favorite. The Eskimos yeah, but, upset but Dunnigan Calgary. got hurt, right? Dunnigan didn't play. I think yeah, Dunnigan Sammy got Garza hurt. played. Uh, yes, good, good. I don't remember who the other safety was. So, okay, was it another well, Canadian? Yes, it so, was. So Trent, so Trent was one of them. Oh, who was And the they had guy? kind of a catchy name for that era. Murphy Brown. Oh, right. Okay, I vaguely Dan remember Murphy. That. Not yeah. the Dan Murphy that's done TV forever in, in, in Vancouver, but Dan Murphy from Acadia. So, And then Trent eventually took over the full-time job and became a two-time CFL All-Star in the late, uh, it's sort of from the mid, around 96-97. Yeah. He's a pretty good player. Yeah, awesome player. And he comes on the show fairly regularly, so he, he's a blast. Okay, I, I actually mistimed it with Eric Blunt. He did debut in 94. I thought he was Rookie of the Year. It's unfortunate how poorly CFL history is recorded, by the way. And don't get me started on the stats for this season. They can't even update them during games. Um, You're yeah. right. It's frustrating, isn't it? Like you go on the score app and you can't get any of the stats during the game. No. It's, it's the only every other sport you can get that. Yeah, and it, and it was and it was better till this year, and they went with this genius sports, and they're not uh, they're not keeping them up to date. They're not as good. Uh, oh, you know, okay, I was totally wrong. You know who won Rookie of the Year in '95 for Edmonton? You're gonna like this name. Remember Shalon Baker? Oh, the touchdown. He was maker. the guy from the '90s that won uh, won Rookie of the Year. Uh, I remember when yeah. Kes McCorvey had four touchdown receptions in one game. I think against BC. Yes. Because he played, uh, he played at Florida State. Yep. So I mean, he was at a big time NCAA. That's when Florida State was an absolute. You know, Bobby Bowden was coaching their team, and the one year Florida State played Miami, and thirty-eight guys went on to play in the NFL from that game. Jeez, <laughs> that's right. That must have been that must have been early nineties. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it was like 91, 92. It was pretty amazing the amount of talent. Well, even like in fairness to Miami, even in the early two thousands, man. They had some really good. They they were like they were like Alabama. Well, so. I remember like I seem to th- now like when I was a kid, I didn't have cable, so I, I learned a lot about NCAA sports from getting Sports Illustrated and and looking in the newspaper. And I seem to recall there was a, a stretch of years where Florida State and Miami they were not in the same conference, and they often played in the first three weeks of the season. And so the loser, it was almost like well. You, you can't win the national title now because you lost to another powerhouse. But didn't they used to play always in yeah, September? Yeah, it ended up It ended up a couple times. They ended up meeting the second time in the, in the year for the for the national title. So And that's Florida State kept on missing field goals at the end of the game, wide left. That's right. So what was the movie with uh, the kicker with Jim Carrey? The kicker with Jim Carrey. You know, where he, he's like a mascot guy. He looks after the mascot or whatever. Or you think involved of... Involved the Miami Dolphins. Oh, Ace Ventura. Sorry, Ace Ventura. Ace Ventura. I thought you yeah, were thinking before... of. Uh, I thought you were talking about the Water Boy with Adam Sandler at first. No, okay. no, no. Yeah, Ace Ventura. It wasn't wasn't part of the dealer. The kicker missed uh, the field goal wide left. Yeah, so that like was that. An, yeah. an actual truism uh, for the Florida State Seminoles and Bobby Bowden because it happened a couple times against Miami when they should have won the games. All right. Uh, well, we keep going, but we have to play commercials. What's on your show tomorrow? Or who's on your show? Uh, we have George LaRock. Oh, good. 
and Jack Michaels and uh, Dave Campbell. So, uh, Reed, thank you very much for having me on. This was fun, Bob. We'll see you out. All right, see you, man. Take care. Bye-bye. Bob Stoffer, check it in. Uh, he nailed the quiz for Stoffer. Well, I guess he threw out one name that wasn't on the list, but still he did pretty good. The eight guys who have rushed for 2,000 or more yards in a single NFL season. Derek Henry, the most recent. O.J. Simpson, who might be well-known for something else. I can't seem to, to place it. I think his name's been out there connected to other things. Something in the mid-'90s. Uh, yeah. So he, he rushed for 2,003 yards in 14 games. He averaged six yards per attempt, and he averaged 143 yards per game. So that's the best per-game average because all the other guys did it uh, in a 16-game season. All right, that was fun with Stoff. 780-496-0063. It's Inside Sports on Chet. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. All right. Good stuff with Stoff. 780-496-0063. Kellen, go ahead. Yeah, a few more text messages in. Uh, I've got an unknown text that has come in. Oh, actually, no, this is from Richard. My bad. I'm sorry. I didn't see the name, Richard. Uh, he says that Bob Cole and Don Whitman are two of my favorites all time and Rod Phillips for local. Well, so absolutely. We Rod's a, a legend for sure. And, yeah, Bob Cole, that's the the voice of most of the hockey games I watched growing up. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, baby. Yeah. Uh, Donnie M. texts in and says, uh, thanks, amazing segment with Stoff. So Donnie M., a fan of Stoff, jumping on. That was fun. Well, like I said, Stoff and I, we just go. Um, and, hey, it's uh, it's July 27th, so we're going to have – we're gonna. I know there are Oilers storylines with uh, McLeod and Bouchard and, and stuff like that, but it, – it, we, we might get a little repetitive after a while, so I, I thought I'd give him a little different quiz for stock. Mm-hmm. I wonder how many people knew that as they were following along at home mm-hmm. or in their cars or wherever. And one more quick one from Adam. Text in, Einhorn is Finkel. Yes, that was the uh, the whole controversy of Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Einhorn is Finkel. Oh, Finkel that, is Einhorn. Okay. I, you know what? I, I've seen – that's one of those movies I, I, I've – it's been so long since I've seen it. I know I watched it. One of my I, top five I, favorite I, yeah. movies of all time. See, I, I don't – I'm a afraid I don't remember it that well. Uh, is that the one where he talks out of his butt? Yes. Okay. Well, for some reason, I remember that scene. And was it the dolphin kidnapped? Was the it dolphin the story? was named Snowflake, and then it is kidnapped. Yes. Right. Okay. So there we go. All right. We'll uh, we'll get to some more of your feedback. 780-496-0063. It's Inside Sports on Chet. Thanks for listening.